You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Uh, hello, everybody. This is the Nerd Table, and uh, we are recovering from our Thanksgiving food comas. So please forgive us for just not having the energy to to be so energetic. I'm Chris, that's Dan and Eric. Hi guys. Well, Merry Christmas. Well, hope you do and dickery dock and don't forget to hang up your sock. We can start putting up Christmas decorations now, can't we? Ours, ours went up today. You can start putting up Christmas decorations whenever you want. I can't though, because I have an HOA. You can start decorating the inside of your house whenever you want. I can't, though, because I have cats. You... Dance, 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 dance. <laughs> you can't do anything. That sounds accurate, actually. And a little dog. And your little dog, too. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see your Christmas decorations meet the puppy. Yeah, no. We'll, we'll just put some, like, no, actually, I was going to say we could put some bells on the dog collar, but I think that'd be a terrible idea, too. Uh, do you want I to mean, hear jingling at all hours of the night? No. And they? <laughs> it's not moving, but it's jingling. I remember we tried putting the jingle bell on the cat's collars, and that did not last very long. A, because of how hyper the cats are, and Eric knows this because he has met them. Uh, and B, because of how much the cats tore up the collars, which they did. We haven't had collars on our cats in years because they always would just rip them off. So we're like, eh, screw it. You got the chip in your shoulder. You're fine. Then oh, that <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you can do with these two. So it has been a good week. Did everybody have a nice Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, I had leftovers mm -hmm. earlier today. Uh, turkey sandwiches Le for days. Leftovers are the best. All right. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food that you had? And what's the one that you skipped? This year or just in general? Uh, this year. Let's do this year. Okay. Hmm. Because some years the turkey's better than others, at least it, with how my family does it. Yeah. Well, we went over to Rebecca's parents. Uh, so I had the turkey. So it was, it was all awful. Pretty much the only thing I skipped this year was green beans. You need your green and beans? It wasn't, it wasn't because it wasn't, like, good or anything. It's just I had to choose between all the meat and, like, mashed potatoes and shit. And green beans. It just, like, it's on the bottom of the list. All right. I can't argue when you're choosing meat over green beans. There's not really going to be much of an argument I can make there. <laughs> just like, oh, I'm sorry. There's only so much room on this plate. And 
you didn't make the cut. Sorry, green beans. It had to compete with cornbread, and cornbread won. Oh, I love cornbread. <laughs> this year, these uh, the, cheesy potatoes that I've never had before. It was like, uh, oh, it, was, it was so good. It was good. Oh, cheesy potatoes. Get yeah. up on aisle, Chris. <laughs> I uh, skipped the sweet potatoes. Because I'm just not that big into sweet potatoes. But I had extra turkey this year because I has a story. So my grandmother, who I absolutely love to death, she is 94 now, which means two years ago she was 92. And she still insisted on handling the turkey. And she did not cook the turkey properly. So not only were we, like, afraid to eat it, but they're just... It just wasn't the pieces that were edible were just not that good. So last year never happened. So this year would be the uh, the reassignment of the turkey. And it went to my parents. And if there's one thing that my parents are good at when it comes to food, it's perfecting it. The turkey was perfect. It was a juicy turkey. The white meat was good. The dark meat was good. Would you say it was moist? Oh, it was so moist. Hold on, hold on. Tell me more. (laughs) God damn it. You're you're working that in to be a segment now. (laughs) Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, oh. Tell me more, tell me more. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Eric just lean forward, pop his monster, be like, let me tell you guys about motivational vacations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, uh, if anybody's got any plans this holiday season, Christmas right around the corner, if you need to book a trip to go see the family, why don't you contact Emerson A. Cotton at emersoncotton.intellitravel.com, link in the description. Or if you want to take the kids to New York and see a show and see the stuff, just like one Clint Barton in the show Hawkeye. Oh my god, that was so good. We are segueing way too fast. Hold on, we're still in the... <laughs> we didn't even finish Thanksgiving. I turned it into a sponsor spot, and we're like, oh, let's segue again. No, 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 time out. Time out. <laughs> Hold the break. Roll on the show. We're no, not over. I and I'm literally rolling because I'm still digesting Thanksgiving. I can't roll that fast. There's no downhill in the house. Can't roll that fast. <laughs> Airplane wheels when you book a flight. <laughs> <laughs> See, it came right back around. <laughs> <sighs> Just like your flight will if you book a round trip. Yep. Go to com and book your Christmas vacation with our good friend Adrian Cotton. Boom. For, the, for those of you guys who can't tell, the, these are unscripted. Like, we just do this shit. No, I've never scripted. No, I'm going to do the best time to bring it up and we bring it up when it comes up. I'm going to, I'll pull the curtain back right now. Um, I have a list of things that Mr. Cotton has requested that I talk about. And everything else is improv on the spot. 
because exactly when we put it in. Well, well yeah, we, we got we got to hit certain topics. That's how, that, but that's how a sponsor copy works. They tell you what they want you to say, and then you're allowed to you kind of do it your own way. And I don't like the podcast that literally will cut from the action to do a sponsor spot. The one that does it the best is my the wrestling personality I follow, Jim Cornette. He has a podcast. He has two of them, actually. But when they do a sponsor spot, he does a whole segment out of it. They find a way to segue it in, and it's always a terrible segue. And they, they make fun of each other for how the segues go. Because his co-host, Brian, is always like, well, that was a pretty crappy match. Maybe it would have been better if the guy got a good breakfast and they'd start doing their breakfast sponsor. It's like, Maybe yeah, if that the breakfast was so bad, they'd have to sue. <laughs> now, boom. Yeah, and then they bring in the lawyer spot. <laughs> you know what sounds great? <laughs> but the one that kills me the best is Cornette is now one of those old guys who won't adapt to technology. And one of their sponsors is Code Academy, which teaches you online coding skills and hearing him attempt to read the copy and make sense of it is so goddamn funny and he starts reading it like it's written he's like you can go here and learn things like hitamol and i just start fucking laughing my ass off because he's just pronouncing everything phonetically but the sponsor must like it because they keep coming back and giving him more stuff so they probably think it's fucking hilarious. I would. That's the type of shit I think is funny. I would find that shit hysterical. If somebody wanted to do a podcast spot for us, right, like as an ad, and they just made it into a running joke and had fun with it, I'd love it. So if uh, Blake and Sal or the United We Fan podcast or our buddy Tom on YouTube with Watch Me Cook channel... Want to give us an, a shout-out that's completely off the cuff and makes no sense and has an awful segue? We can do that. Should we fit? We didn't get to talk about Dan's Thanksgiving. I feel bad now. I got too far away from it. So, Dan, would you like to discuss your Thanksgiving, or? Uh, so, um... It's all about the, the stuffing or the dressing, and what I skipped was regular corn. And I even had a little bit of sweet potatoes, even though I'm not a sweet potato person. It was regular corn. I can have or I have corn like every day almost. For me, Thanksgiving is about the stuff that you only eat a couple times a year. I mean, yeah. So. Even down to real mashed potatoes. I have, quote-unquote, mashed potatoes like three times a week, which you know it's fucking Insta-mash. <laughs> All those other times. So. It's Insta-mash. Insta-mash. Uh, you know, I was just like, how do they make Insta-mash? Do they just dehydrate a potato and then you just add water later? I mean, essentially, it's kind of, it's like a, a half dehydrated situation going on and other things. It's just, it just looks weird, but it, it, it tastes the same. So I don't know if it's like a it chemical tastes, favor. If it's really it tastes close there. enough and it's way faster. It is. <laughs> but 
you don't get the good chunks like an insta mash like i don't well, know, you know about we did it when i worked at the, in the kitchen in a summer camp is you you made insta mash but you put like three potatoes in there oh you know, put okay. a handful of potatoes and actual potatoes in there so you get the lumps But the instant mash is doing the heavy lifting. We're probably making so many people hungry right now. You know what? Screw it. You're making me hungry. And I'm still digesting it. <laughs> uh, I mean, did you guys do anything fun other than eat? I mean, it's always fun to see the family. And it was really cool to see my cousins who are in college now that I remember when they were born. So like, I feel really old and, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to my cousin, Mike, who got accepted into the police Academy. Oh, nice. Oh, I've seen movies. some movies about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's really excited. And he, uh, he actually was in the process of moving out. He was like he was like half emptying his car and then couldn't figure it out and then he was playing he was playing a UFC game on his PlayStation and we had my four year old nephew watching and I'm like oh good just what he needs is to learn how to do shoot holds because <laughs> he's not wild enough as it is. It then it was really funny because my niece and nephew were you know just being kids and being the standard wild little kids and everything and then my cousin just puts on an episode of the Ant Man and the Wasp cartoon and it was like they were just mesmerized they're like oh Ant Man let's watch he wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah uh, it was no it's always it's always fun to see the family and. The only negative thing, of course, is that the family lives so far away, so the drive is long. And I don't mind that so much, except that, and I'll just throw this out here for anyone who's listening, making your employees work on Black Friday when you don't actually have to have them work is just rude. If you're in retail or, like, food service, you should not have to work that Friday. No. It should all be done online, and unless it's, like, essential businesses. Like, you should just get that freaking week, week off. And, like, like we had people on Friday and today, but we didn't have enough that, that I would say justified what we were doing. Especially because, like, half the place wasn't, like, half the people weren't working anyway. But I will say this. Me and my coworker did have fun today because it was just, it's rare that the two guys get to just run the building. And... We both had Christmas music blasting, and we were having fun with everybody who did come in. Just like we're just like overly happy and just really nice to people, and I think that helps us with our customer service reviews too. Because we're just having a good time. Like that's that's contagious if people are having a good time, especially because like a place that I work, there's not a lot of expectation there because you're dealing with so much tedious shit. Because we, we have to deal with PennDOT stuff. So, like, when when we're in a good mood and we're, like, happy and cheerful, I think that really helps these people who, like, are probably dreading having to come in and do something that uh, that's a necessity in the first place, right? Like, okay, it, n I never worked there, but you guys did. 
And I know you guys dealt with miserable people, but the, it's the difference between registering your car and shopping at GameStop, right? Nobody's coming into GameStop out of a necessity. They're there because they want to be. Because they want the game. No, 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 no. Take, take, the gamer, take the gamer bias out of it. There's Video games are not like a, ne- a necessary thing for functionality. And I'm not even saying that as a knock on video games. It's, it's the truth. So all of that is shopping for pleasure. 100% of it is shopping for pleasure. Re-registering your car is not shopping for pleasure. That's true. It's not even shopping. <laughs> it's no, it's not. It's not at all. It's giving you owe us money. It's giving your money to the state for the privilege to be able to get around the state easier. Is exactly what it is. So, I, I can, I think that uh, there's that there's an expectation level there, like. If I go into uh, Complete Inbox or Just Press Play, my two local game stores, because, you know, why would I ever, why would I go to the other one if I've got the local guys I can support? They're always having, you know, they're having fun in there, but I kind of expect that. But if I walk into the DMV, I'm not expecting any fun. (laughs) So my expectations are lower which means that if the person's in a good mood and is genuinely friendly, it kind of makes me feel better. So, All right, yeah, I get that. But I will say on occasion, you do get people that go into GameStop that were sent there. They're not picking up anything for themselves. They're shitty people. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was a perfect analogy, and that's also and nothing's 100% perfect. I mean, around this time, (laughs) there's no necessity for you to walk into Walt Disney World. That's supposed to be 100% for pleasure. But Lord knows we got some miserable ass people in there. (laughs) Miserable motherfucker. And then there's the the people who pay to go in there. Oh, Oh! my gosh. Oh, Oh, shit. (sighs) Well, when you're right, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. I was hoping you were going to po- post that little gif in our like, chat. That's the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, any big shopping Black Friday for you guys? Do you get anything? No, I don't do Black Friday shopping. I got like a week beforehand with the PlayStation Network, and I got Cyberpunk 2077 for $25. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I'm assuming it's their first playthrough? Yes. Yeah. I, um... Man, I bought a bunch of fucking games. I, I literally looked at Steam and my wish list, like, everything on my wish list was, like, 80% off. And I was like, oh, God, no, why? That's when you <laughs> bye, get, like, bye, the, three, the three big sales in the area. Yeah. Summer sale, winter sale. Black Friday area. <clears throat> My Facebook memories came up recently, and I apparently f- had a memory of the very first Black Friday deal I ever went for because they were they had a deal on the Sims 4 bundle pack. So I had gotten it that year. How long ago was that? W- whenever the Sims came out. <laughs> so Good God. Sims 4 has been out for actually quite a while. It's fun. It's not the best Sims game, but I've had fun with it. I don't know. I think it, it might be because 
It's lighter on your system than Sims 3 was. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I'm not a big into the Black Friday shopping deal because I, I'm not, I don't want to get, like, preachy on this show, but I'm against the idea of what these companies do to retail workers on Black Friday, because to me, Black Friday is completely fabricated. They're like, oh, well, statistically, it's the biggest shopping day of the year, so therefore, we must participate. And I'm like, that is greedy AF, because you can literally make a Black Friday deal any day that you want. You can tell everybody, hey, we're going to do a Black Friday deal the Friday after the week of Thanksgiving. And if you all come on that Friday, you get our deals. Because if I had a company, that's exactly what I would do. Everybody, I would give all my employees the four-day weekend. And I would put a big sign in the window that says, we are not participating in Black Friday, so our employees can have a Thanksgiving holiday. But if y'all come back next Friday, you got we got steals. Well, you know how it all started, right? Like the whole Black Friday thing? We get a history lesson? I do, actually. And uh, it, it, it's based around a lot of retail stores would look around their, like, how much revenue they made for the fiscal year. And if they didn't meet a certain amount and they knew they were getting new inventory soon, they have to get rid of that inventory even at a loss to make, like, room for the new stuff. And it would, this is, like, the best time to make up for any profit, any profit that they can get to boost their numbers for investors. That's how it all started. So they would just take all the stuff, like all the TVs, because a new TV comes out every year, and they would just give big discounts, like 50% off, 75% off, like huge fucking deals. They would sell it, and then a few, like a month or two later, they got the new product in. And then you can still get those uh, old TVs, maybe not as deeply discounted as it was for Black Friday because it's now past that like uh, that limit, that, that quarter for investors. But you can still get it pretty damn cheap. So like, like let's say it was three hundred bucks for Black Friday, it's probably like three fifty or three seventy five after the Black Friday. So it's not not insane. But what uh, what ends up happening is. Most of the time, the product that they got to get rid of, now that like we have the internet and we can ship to multiple stores and stuff like that, and it's easier to communicate between branches and stores, we have less product. That's why these sales suck compared to past <laughs> Black Friday sales. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. Um, and there's less inventory in these stores, so there's only like ten TVs that go for like a hundred a hundred dollars or whatever. And you already know there's going to be more than 100 people going to the store. <laughs> I but learned yeah, something no, that's how it, That's how it all started. It was all to make up for uh, <clears throat> any profit loss that they may have to, to bring up uh, investor confidence. I learned something new. And I learned it from Eric. I know, right? That's like a wild. unicorn. <laughs> I know shit. It's just useless shit. I don't know how that's going to help me in my everyday. 
don't know. That's what it is, man. It's like the the History Channel. Like I, I know how to do certain things. Like if the if the world would come to an end, I could probably generate power. Maybe not a lot of power, but enough to get the lights on and maybe like heat up something. But that doesn't help me right now because <laughs> there's no apocalypse. <laughs> like, talking <laughs> about we're in one right now. We're oh, with you still got power. <laughs> still have power for now. You ever meet that guy that's just like they're randomly smart? They're like um, party smart. They all they have these facts that nobody should really fucking know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm. I, I have a lot of useless trivia knowledge too, and I I, <clears throat> I will occasionally just go online and just look up articles about random trivia just to educate my brain and. You know, I find that stuff so fascinating. Like, just the, the random and stupidest stuff, too. I used to be, like, uh, like Sheldon. Maybe not as smart as Sheldon, but you know you know how every once in a while he'll break out. Like, well, did you know? <laughs> like this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that used to be me. <laughs> I love when they're, uh, I love the one where they're, they're actually missing Sheldon. They, they, they do a toast, a toast to a Sheldon-free evening. They're like... Hey, this is the first time we've done that without Sheldon explaining why it's called a toast. Oh, why is that? The Romans used to put spiced toast in their punch bowls. Yeah, Sheldon tells it better. And then they all just sit there for a minute, and they're just like, damn it, I miss him! But then the, be- <laughs> but the best part is Raj's sister gets Sheldon with it. They do a toast when he finally shows up at the party. And he's like, hey, Priya, do you know why this is called a toast? And she's like, actually, I do. The Romans put spiced toast in their punch bowls. And he looks at Leonard and goes, your girlfriend's kind of a know-it-all, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's such a good show. Uh, I'd like to give a... Um, can, can I do something really quick on this show? Can I give a fuck you to somebody instead of a shout-out? Oh, damn. Whoa. Okay. Well, yeah. So, what, what'd Matt do? Okay. <laughs> you actually threw me off for a second. I'm like, what? That didn't do anything. And that's why he's got to go fuck himself. <laughs> I would like to tell the person who anger reacted my birthday stream where I played Animal Crossing New Horizons that you can go fuck yourself. Take your anger react and fuck off. I'm going to go further and say you can take that anger, Rhea, dust it off, and then <laughs> it sideways, and she gets straight up, you're kidding us! Did you guys know Dan likes The Rock? <laughs> That's his... Like f- rocks? <laughs> I'm kidding. I know who The Rock is. <laughs> All right, Eric, you're not that ignorant to wrestling. You don't know about Dwayne? Uh, I guess I can do this now because I did this on a on a patron episode we recorded on Monday. I, I gave everybody updates and explained what's happening for the future of the channel. So now I'm going to do the announcement on the nerd table because the patrons got to hear it a week early. That's actually the first thing I announced to the patrons is that 
all new content that's good. I'm going to start working on is going to start going to them early. Because that's fair. Because they give us money. They're the reason you guys are not only listening to this show, but you can listen to everything on the channel right now, going all the way back to when I launched in January 2020. I haven't had to delete anything. Because, Dan, remember when we had the free account hosting podcasts and we had to delete stuff because our bandwidth ran out? So, yeah, on a regular week, we could get about five episodes up at a time. But and then there was the time when we reviewed the original trilogy of Star Wars. We went from like we went from like twenty to thirty listeners to like five hundred in one episode. And Dan's like, "What the? F-? He's like, is this even real? Is this broken? We had to delete every other episode but that one because the the bandwidth yeah, killed bandwidth. So like, so there there was two me- two metrics for your space on a free account, and it was. The amount of actual uh, uploaded stuff from you. We only had like a gig or something like that, maybe two gigs. So we only got like seven, maybe, shows up at a time. But then there was also the number of times it gets downloaded. So how often does their server get hit for a download on, on your show? And we were closing in on that, and we passed it, and so we had to delete everything but the episode. But the episode, yep. Wow. Uh, Did you guys make backups, at least, of the other episodes? Oh, I have I have every copy of Talkin' Talkies we ever did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I oh. have... There, there's probably a couple of Wrestle Talk episodes that I don't actually have copies of, if I, if I'm being honest. But I have a backup of every other podcast I've ever done, including all the pie crusts that I was on. Oh yeah, I still have them. I used to have all those on an external, but it died. Well, I've thought about putting the entire run of Talking Talkies up on our patron page for patrons. I don't know how well some of them aged, but who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's 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 extra content for them. So I'll uh, I'll give a couple of announcements here. So I had talked to Dan pretty exclusively about this, but basically that now that things at my new job have gotten to a point where a lot of things are a lot more manageable, I want to start getting back into the swing of doing things. But I also don't want to get overwhelmed again. So what I said I'm going to do is. We're still, every week, we're going to keep putting out the nerd table, obviously. And the only times you're not getting a new nerd table is if there really is a bad scheduling conflict or two of us are unavailable, you know, like that kind of stuff. But we're still going to keep giving you the nerd table because we still get a ton of listens on the show. We're popular. Um, We're the flagship show other than the A show, which sometimes they are the A show that week. So good for them. Uh, that And, of course, that's definitely dependent on who their guests are on the show, I've noticed. Some people draw better than others. So. That's the way it is about shows that have guests. Yeah. They're always going to... Well, wasn't that the thing with Art of Wrestling when Cole Cabana had CM Punk on to break his silence? It was, like, his most popular show ever, and it was, like, double what his previous episode had done? It's got to be. It had to have been at least that. It was... Yeah, it was ridiculous. Which, by the way, that was Black Friday of... 2014. 2014, I remember. <laughs> so we hit the seventh anniversary. Of- you know, you know how I remember because 
I woke up to go to work the morning after Thanksgiving <laughs> to go to the hotel, and my the entire internet was blowing up. All of wrestling internet was blowing up about, oh my god, CM Punk broke his silence. And I was like, I guess I need to listen to this, like, now. And that was one of the, f- the first times I ever actively walked around setting up tables and stuff at, at my old job with my phone actively playing a podcast. So, yeah, I and I've done that a couple times where I've had a, a, a podcast actively playing, like, I would wear my polo shirt with the little pocket, and I would put my phone in my front pocket with the speaker up so I could hear what I was doing, and I would just work. Because you're doing a room setup, right? So it's not like I'm bothering anybody with it. I was usually by myself. Fuck it, I'll listen to a podcast. So. <clears throat> I used to be able to listen to podcasts. Now you are on a podcast. Yeah. Dude, I used to listen to so many podcasts. Like it would be more than half my day would be podcasts. Yeah. Well, now my drives aren't that long. Like it's it's a it's long to like get to my first location and then to get home. So I could I guess I could listen to it in the morning and then in the afternoon. But the problem with that is well, it's not in the morning. Uh, that's fine. I can just grab my monster listen to some podcasts but on the way home i'm sweaty and gross i don't want to put nothing near my face <laughs> eric I, eric buddy i love you but i'm really worried that your heart's just going to explode one of these days <laughs> what <laughs> the monster consumption oh yeah i mean it's, it's fine <laughs> come on we're, we're all having a good time here <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time yeah. Oh, I wish. <laughs> so, yeah, what I was saying was, uh, Nerd Table, I- I'm going to start working on a schedule to put out two things every single week. One will be the Nerd Table, and then the second will be a rotating schedule of another project I want to work on. And here's the, the list of stuff that I want to do. Because there's no way to do all of it, but if I spread it out, and focus on one at a time, I can do all of it. Plus, it'll and it, we can see what the most popular stuff is and what I want to stick to. So, first things first, uh, the return of the Stupid Sexy Podcast, where Dan and I review every Simpsons ever. Uh, I, I talked to Dan about this when on our patron show, and what I'll probably do is basically, like, as we approach the weekend message Dan, hey, I want to do Stupid Sexy Podcast, and I want to do this many episodes. So Dan and I will dedicate ourselves to watching... Actually, no, it would probably be the beginning of the week, I would tell him. And then we would watch the episodes we're going to review, and at some point that week, record them, and then I'll just start putting them out at a sporadic time throughout the week. You know, they won't be back-to-back. I'll make sure stuff goes in between them, but they'll be like a you know, like like I might put one out on a Sunday and then the next one would go out on a Tuesday or something. And then there you go. Um, we And I said I would do the same thing with PokeCast with you two guys. I would say, hey guys, I want to do PokeCast this week. Let's watch two episodes or shit, try and watch four episodes and get two episodes recorded, right? So like that's something we could do. So we can keep doing PokeCast because I, I think we were having a lot of fun with that and that... Stupid Sexy Podcast and Pokecast both fell off the wayside solely because of me. So I'm taking responsibility to get those back in line here. And they were fun because we've determined that Ash Ketchum is a dumbass. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, He's we so can't... dumb, he perpetually stays 10 forever. <laughs> and we can't just abandon that. I mean, his mom did. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Um, VIP Wrestle Talk, the patron exclusive show. Uh, classic wrestling content full reviews are probably going to become much more sporadic. I do still want to do some stuff, but I want to focus on doing the idea we had for YouTube where we get Eric to watch some wrestling matches. And I think that would be more interesting than doing an entire show because some of those shows are just rough. Dan knows. <laughs> we reviewed some crap. But sometimes that's also a lot of fun. But I also really like the format we've been doing where we've been doing gimmick-like shows. Like Dan and I just did an episode for our patrons where we booked an all-women's wrestling show with all the available active female talent. And I think we did a pretty damn good job with that one, too. We had, we had a lot of strong talent on there. I'd watch that all-women's promotion. You guys have to become a patron to figure out who we booked, though. Uh, the real-time reviews show that I want to do for the YouTube, uh, there's four different things I want to do. Uh, the easiest one will be music videos. For you guys unaware, one of the things we started doing on our VIP shows for the patrons was Adrian Cotton, our sponsor, came up with the idea. He would submit two rap videos for Dan and I to watch. And we would watch them as a, as a watch-along concept, which means we would tell you guys where to pull up the video... You would hit play at the same time we did, so you could literally watch along with us while we're watching the video and analyzing it. That would be a much better YouTube-type show. And as an analyst thing, where we're all kind of talking over the video, we get around any of the copyright issues for Reviews and Fair Use Act. Because, you know, if you're like me and you want to put out YouTube content, and you're terrified YouTube's going to knock your videos, you research this stuff. And... Then you don't have to worry about the watch-along format of you queuing up the video because you'll literally be able to see the video even though it will be a small screen with our webcam us on webcam around it. You know what I mean? It'll still be there so you can still follow along. That's And then we can do wrestling matches with that. We can do episodes of TV shows. And we can even do, at some points, not all the time, but occasionally we'll be able to get a full-length movie in there. And then with the real-time review concept... We can pause it to analyze stuff. We can rewind if we need to. So it's not like you guys doing the watch-along deal would have to worry about pausing it too and then unpausing it because you'll be watching the same stuff we're watching. And that would all... That's not just going to be like the three of us either. It might just be two of us. Maybe it might even just be one of us if I feel like reviewing something. And that's another thing we can have a lot of guests on for. So if you've ever wanted to come on and review something with us, you are more than welcome to. This is especially true if, like Eric, you don't know Jack about wrestling, but you think it would be fun to watch some matches with us. Oh, yeah. I and think watching anything with a group of people who actually enjoy it is, is fun. So, <clears throat> like, I don't know anything about hockey, I have a feeling if I went with you guys to a hockey game, I'd probably have a good time. Oh, we'd have a blast. We'd have a blast. Hockey is actually like the best sport to see live. Hockey hockey live is amazing. I've been to a couple of hockey games live. Because you're and... right on top of the ice. It's <clears throat> Yeah. There's, there's no bad seats. 
It should literally right on top of the playing surface. It's... But god damn it. I've never seen the Devils win. God damn yeah. it. I've never seen them win. They've always lost every time I've gone to one of their games. <laughs> so I really, really need I to mean, change that. Out of every major, like the top league that I've been to, the home team's lost every game I've been to. Oh. Well, that's what's to be fair. And one of the games I didn't care, and the other game I was actively rooting for the away team. So, oh, there you go. Because I was in, I went to an NFL game in Buffalo, and I didn't really care because it was Buffalo versus Philadelphia. I didn't really care, but I was a football game to go to. And the other one I went to was that MLB postseason game with the Yankees played the Twins. And you were rooting for the Yankees anyway. The Yankees anyway. So. Yeah. I have seen the Yankees lose a couple times. The one, but I've also seen them beat a lot of the teams. Like, I've seen them play the Rays multiple times and the Orioles multiple times. I've seen them trade wins and losses. The one team I've never seen the Yankees beat are the Angels. So I've always had, like, a, a little bit of a hatred for the Angels, because I've seen them play the Angels three times, and they've lost each time. And I've seen that in New York and California. <laughs> However, there are two teams that I have never seen the Yankees lose to. And that's the Red Sox and the Mets. And I'm A-OK with that one. And I'm A-OK with that. <laughs> A-OK with that one. But if we're talking minor leagues, like I've been to, I don't know how many AAA games, and I've seen Syracuse maybe win five out of 50 games I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been to about 10 AHL hockey games for the Syracuse Crunch, and I'm probably about 50-50 on those. Well, I've only the ever... Crunch were actually a really good team for a little bit there in the mid-aughts, in the early to mid-aughts, so... Well, like, when it comes to, like, major sports, I've only ever been to one NFL game and one NBA game. I've been to ton. I, I don't... I can't actually tell you how many baseball games I've been to. But, like, it's all... I've always... I've been to tons of college football games. Tons and tons of them. But... The funny thing is, I'm literally, like, 20 minutes from an NFL stadium and an NBA arena. And I haven't been to any games of either... Oh, well, damn. I was in the arena once, and it was for the NASCAR All-Star Weekend Pit Crew Challenge. Woo! Oh, I've been to tons of those, too. I've been to tons of NASCAR races. NASCAR races, you have to go to the right track. Also, a major NASCAR track a little bit further than the football stadium in a different direction. Uh, Yeah, a very major NASCAR track. Charlotte Motor Speedway. Charlotte's a big one. Which is not in Charlotte, it's in Concord. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but still, that's just straight, it's almost straight east from here. I mean, I, yeah, the, like, I can tell you how many times I've been to other baseball stadiums, but then, like, Yankee Stadium, I, there's no way for me to keep track because I've been so many friggin' times. Well, that's the way with, like, the AAA Syracuse Chiefs slash Sky Chiefs the slash Mets now. Like, there were, on Mondays, if you showed up with a church program, you can get in for a dollar. So do you have any idea how many Monday baseball games I went to? 
Buckaroo, baby. Dollar baseball yeah. night, baby. You, sh- you show them a church program, and I give them a dollar, and you get into the, gen- in the general seating area. <laughs> here's my dollar. Here's my Jesus ticket. May and I come in? And then you wait till like the third inning, and when you realize the place wow. is only half full, you move on down. I think everybody does that, though. Like, yeah. you don't don't push it and move on down to like a you know fancy box or something. But you just move on down. No, eventually you get up to go to the bathroom. When you come back, you sit like five rows closer than you were, and then you just slowly migrate down from there. Again, they don't care as long as you're not being a jerk, or until someone goes, "Hey, that asshole is in my seat." Well, I mean, they change this now with Disney, where, like, now they check your ID and they make you pay for parking at the resorts. But what a lot of people used to do is they would park at the hotel resorts so they could get on the monorails so they wouldn't have to pay for parking. And my friends that work security said they really didn't care that people actually did that. What they cared about were the people who were being asses about it. Yeah, I mean, really, all you had to do was go over and be like, hey, I'm having lunch at this place. Yeah. And And then they can't really do anything about it. You're not paying for parking for a hotel. Right. So you just went. So, all right. So where were we? Oh, yeah, plugs. So, and Eric, I just wanted you to know, we started planning some of the wrestling matches I'm going to have you watch. Oh, yeah? Yes. Uh, we're, uh, there's a couple of classic... Uh, Dan and I are going to probably pick out some classic 80s stuff to start with. And then we're going to give you some Attitude Era stuff to watch. And Dan, tell me what you think of some of the matches I've chosen. Uh, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage from WrestleMania 3. Which Shannon did not like. Shannon did not like. Uh, I also want Eric to watch Hogan versus Andre. While it's not a good match technically, it was a huge, huge deal. Hold up. Is this the match where, like, uh, he hurt his neck or something like that and he was out of wrestling for a while? No, but I think I think Andre was working hurt. No, this is the, this is the famous... Andre was working, I was going to die a year ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point, Andre was convinced he was going to die. Oh, uh, he was... That, that was the story, like, after WrestleMania 2, he's like... Gonna go home and just die. And Vince is like, "How about you get that surgery and let you main event WrestleMania?" <laughs> uh, I definitely think we should do Brett versus Piper. Probably Savage versus Warrior would be a good one. Um, get Eric to watch the '92 Royal Rumble. That'll be a good one. Uh, I think the SummerSlam '92 main event, Bret Hart and Bulldog. That's some good early on early on stuff to watch. And then I was thinking about some Attitude Era stuff, and obviously Brett and Austin. That has to happen. The TLC matches would be good. That just won the best match of all time. Yeah. In your tournament group. In my tournament group, it did. It was voted the best wrestling match ever. And it's a good one. It's a damn good one. Uh, prob- I'm thinking Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18 would be a really good one. Yeah. I'm thinking going back to the 80s, you gotta do the Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine dog collar match. Mm. 
the blindfold match. Can we throw that in there? Oh, uh, yeah, especially the, the one where we actually see Jake's hand inside the blindfold. <laughs> Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. No. <laughs> well, if we're going to make Eric watch bad shit, we gotta we got to find some real bad shit. Listen, I thought the whole point was to have me like wrestling. Yeah, but then you have to have the fun of dunking on the bad shit, too. Because we suffered through it, damn it, so therefore you will, too. <laughs> but you will know beforehand that it sucks. <laughs> you will. Like, we, we should show Eric uh, the WrestleMania 20 main event and then the WrestleMania 20 Goldberg-Brock match. <laughs> if you want to you see excellence versus trash. We'll get you to watch some Undertaker stuff. Like if you if you know any wrestlers and you want to watch some of their shit, like I you I, I know you know who Rey Mysterio is, so we'll have you watch Rey versus Eddie at Halloween Havoc '97. That's one of the best high flying matches of all time. So I want to all I, of the times. I want to get Eric to watch a, a bit of a variety of stuff match wise. Get some good technical stuff in. Get some Haas matches in there. Some brawls, some gimmick stuff, um, get some hardcore stuff, some high-flying stuff, throw the women in there. So you get a nice good variety, and then we'll, uh, once we've kind of got a a bit of a flow going here and we've got people watching, I know the requests are going to start to pour in, and then we'll see what other people want you to, want you to watch. And I know people are going to start suggesting trash, so... We'll, but we'll uh, we'll we'll make sure that at least there's there's good stuff there. We'll explain to you what the storylines are going into the matches, so you're you're understanding why it's taking place. And <clears throat> like like CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. I mean, that has a hell of a story behind it, Dan. Yes, it does. And it's a great match. So you can. So we'll throw some variety in there. If you're just like, yeah, damn, I wanna, I wanna see more. I wanna see some of The Rock's classic matches. We'll come up with a bunch of them for you, and we'll, we'll get you to watch them. And depending on the length of the match, when we do an episode, we can do more than one match in it. Rock so, the Dwayne Johnson. Yes. So if you, so Eric, if you want some Rock the Dwayne, we'll, we'll hook you up there. All right. <laughs> I mean, what 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 mainstream wrestlers do you know other than like the obvious ones? What do you mean by the obvious ones? Like the like, I feel like everybody knows the Undertaker. Yes. Well, you know all Stone Cold. Say what? Yeah, you got to know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, uh, John Cena, Kurt Angle. Oh, we'll get some Kurt Angle matches in there. That's going to be an easy one because Kurt. A- it's hard for Kurt Angle to actually have a bad match. So we can we what? can find tons of stuff that's really good. Should uh, we sh- should we have Eric cool. watch the hair versus hair match? You know the one I'm talking about. The hair versus hair match. Kurt Angle. Oh, the Kurt Angle one. Yeah. The only one he's ever been in. I love when people, yeah. The other hair matches, though. I don't think there are that many other good hair versus hair matches. 
I mean, it, there's there's luchador matches with you know mask versus hair. The luchas de apuesta. Well, we'll get Eric to watch a couple battle royals. That's when they put twenty guys in the ring at once, and you have to throw them over the top rope to eliminate them. Those are fun. Those are fun for casual fans. The Royal Rumble is always a fun match because it's the battle royal concept, except two guys start in the ring, and then every 90 seconds to two minutes, depending on the year, they put another person out there. So part of it is the anticipation of who's coming out next. But then also that timing is also completely bullshit. Oh, yeah, because sometimes it's very obviously more than two minutes, and sometimes it's very obviously, like, under a minute. And you realize they're just going by a certain spot happening. They're they're just doing whatever they want at that point. But there are some really good Royal Rumbles. There's classic ladder matches, tables matches, tables, ladders, and chairs matches. We could do some, we could do like the Buried Alive matches, the Inferno matches, where you have to light your opponent on fire. Although there aren't that many of those in history to choose from, but... If I don't beat Steve Austin, I will light myself on fire. Nice easy one would be Hell in a Cell from King of the Ring 98, right? Yep. I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) That's the best part! And I'd love to get some of the people who are active listeners to the show who don't know shit about wrestling to watch some of this stuff with us. We'll even pick something we think you guys would like. I want, And then we can get to Japan. <laughs> yeah. So Dan can start introducing you to the glory of strong style wrestling. And I'll have to introduce you to a man by the name of Dashinko Dino. <laughs> it... <laughs> um, what? I bet you even Chris doesn't even know that guy. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Not a clue. So, how 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 does the story progress in wrestling? Because I know you have like raw. Right, and then you have another one that I can't think of. It's like there's SmackDown are they treated separately. Yeah, or is it all one giant story thing. Like what's what's up with that? How is how does that uh, dynamic? Yeah, they try to treat them like two separate shows, but the reality is they're not, and it's just really stupid. It's actually really obnoxious. That they try to have two different shows? They try to treat them like they're two completely separate entities that are at war with each other. But it's all the same freaking company. It dumb. It very dumb. And Vince McMahon. I mean, we'll get... Like I, I okay. I'm just trying to. We'll get you to. We'll get you to watch some stuff and understand, and we can have some fun with the Vince stuff for sure. Vince McMahon finally looking old. Yeah, he really does now. Um, obviously, I want to do other streams and YouTube content. I'm going to launch the Super Nintendo Mealy Show, which Eric came up with the idea the other week, where I, I said that was honestly the best format of it. 
to basically have just like it's like a podcasting panel where we just hang out and chat. Just I happen to be playing a video game at the time, and I'm going to go through the SNES library, of which there are many. I did the math, by the way, to play every single American release title. If I only got one a week, it'll take me 14 years to play them all. So I'm gonna. So I'm gonna have to kind of move on those, <laughs> but. That'll just be one of those one of those ones where all we have to do is just get together and make it make it a kind of like a podcast, discuss stuff and have a little bit of fun with it. As long, but more than likely, some of those are probably going to be soloed. Cause yeah, I mean, fourteen years—that's a long fucking time. Gotta play them all. Gotta play them all. Super Nintendo. I'm in my fifties now. <laughs> Shit, I feel like at this point, I'm willing to try to play some games that I've never played on the Super Nintendo, but uh, most of the games that I'm going to play are going to be nostalgia factor. <laughs> You're just going to be like, fuck this, I'm going back to Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it's going to be just like <laughs> the classics, like, like Final Fantasy, Zelda, yeah. Chrono Trigger, Mario RPG, <clears throat> uh, Super Metroid... Clay Fighters, Street Fighter. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be playing them in release order, and some of them are garbage games that I'm not going to want to get that much mileage out of. So an episode might be multiple games, right? Plus, you know, there's like the puzzle games and stuff that you can only play for so long. So I know it's not going to be... It's not actually going to be like 725 episodes. But... The first episode is Super Mario World, and that will be by itself because I want to actually, you know, play that game because I it's love a that blast game. From the past, damn right. Are you and, gonna like try to speed run it? Beat no, no. I'm just gonna have fun. <laughs> no, I want to have fun playing them. The, I want the gimmick to be the conversations that we're having. I want to focus on like the specifics of the game and talk about stuff. But like, like you know, Dan brings that up. We while we're while I'm playing the game, we can start talking about the Super Mario World TV show and how friggin' cheesy as hell it was, you know? And yet I still watched it, so... and then Although, course, I would love to see you attempt some of those Mario Maker things. Not the super hardcore ones. Oh, I want to do other streams. I want, I want to do other streams, but that is not going to be a stream show. Super Nintendo Melee is going to be a YouTube show we're going to record and then, and then put it out. So... And then uh, I'm going to move the Chris Ranks the Universe show to YouTube... And make that a visual show because I think that format will work better. I'm I'm considering posting the old episodes up on YouTube and doing like slideshows over them. But the uh, the next two lists I have planned are the Pixar movies and the original Kanto 150 Pokemon from worst to best. And the Pixar list is ready to go. I'm working on the Pokemon one. It's a little harder to actually get them in an order than you might think. So what I'm doing is I'm tier basing them. And then I'm organizing each tier individually. I already know which ones are going at the top and which ones are going at the bottom. Some of those mid-card ones are a little fire are a little tough. <laughs> All the fire at the top. So so we'll we'll be working on that one, um, and that's an invitation. By the way, I mentioned this on the patron show. That is an invitation if anybody wants to join to rank the Pixar movies or the Kanto Pokemon. So the invites out there. Hop on if you want. 
And Dan, hurry up and watch Luca so we can so you can be on that episode. Because you've seen them all other than Luca. Yeah. That list is ready to go. That one actually wasn't that hard to put together. So, And then we have other stuff we've discussed, including uh, possible Dungeons & Dragons campaigning as a show. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. So that's what's that's what's all coming. Uh, I will probably announce, probably in the Nerd Table group and then elsewhere, but I'll probably make an announcement and say, hey... Uh, I'm working on this this week, and I'm. Is anybody want to join? So, like, if I decide, if I decide tomorrow after we're done recording this that I want to record the Pixar episode, I'm going to make that announcement and start gathering people together, and then I'll start gathering up like clips and stuff for the visual aspect because we'll be on webcam, but I'll have a screen share going so I can share pictures and stuff as I'm discussing things. So. Yep, and we'll do more of the YouTube stuff. I've got a uh, a 20-picture show planned for Eric whenever he's available. So, yep, we got stuff we got stuff coming, guys. We got some stuff coming, and it's going to be fun. <clears throat> so, Eric, did you like the text I sent you last weekend where I just said bro? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I knew you would love it, and I, I had to try to downplay it because I didn't want to like hype it up, and then you actually not like it. Yeah, I don't think that was gonna happen. <laughs> so, <Context. clears throat> yeah, Dan needs context. Okay, so TSO Trans Siberian Orchestra—they're mm-hmm. like, it's yeah. the best concert that I've ever been to. Okay, hands down. So. That was not a concert. That was an experience. It really that was, was a production, is what that was. Is it a, a Viking Raider experience? So, first thing they freaking do is come down from the ceiling <laughs> playing guitars. Dun, 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 dun. And they've got tons of video effects... They're doing, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got, um, they've got pyrotechnics, they've got lasers, uh, they have pyrotechnics on the floor that I didn't realize were going to happen until suddenly there was, I could feel fire heat on my back and I turned around and saw a giant flame shooting up. When when you texted me, like, are there pyrotechnics? I was laughing. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Cause we were on the floor next to the booth. (laughs) so oh god that was that was fantastic and the song i mean the the songs are like you don't come out you come out of that show with more christmas spirit than you know what to do with (laughs) i just i don't know how else to say it they sound amazing they have super high energy that electric violinist which oh by the way, speaking of smartasses here, Eric's telling me all the stuff they do. He goes, they have an electric violin. And I'm like, electric violin, question mark? He goes, yeah, you know, a violin and sends me a violin emoji. Like, I didn't know what a fucking violin was, you smartass. <laughs> <laughs> Such an asshole. I laughed. I laughed so hard. And I showed Shannon, too. I'm like, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> she laughed. That's why we're friends. She laughed. I mean, they need to do something about all the violins on television. 
<laughs> so yes, an electric violin is a thing, and that guy has so much energy, and I need to know what the hell I can how how to get some of that cocaine. <laughs> oh wait, did you have the guy a violinist? Yeah. Okay. We had the the violinist that I had was a female. <clears throat> She was smoking hot. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, the whole show should be her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was you good. Go, you need to go to, to a Lindsey Sterling show then. Oh, yeah. Lindsey Sterling's the shit. I actually have a station on my uh, Pandora <laughs> just dedicated to her. Yeah, so I'm I'm very, very happy. With with the the show, the whole thing was just incredible. And yeah, apparently they have two different groups because when I when you said that you got tickets for your birthday, and then uh, Eric was like, "When?" and I was like, "Well, it's taking a while." He hasn't answered. I guess he's still at work or whatever. So I was just like, "Well, I'll just go to the website and look up and see if there's a show nearby, Chris, and then that's got to be the date of the show." And then I see there's, like, multiple days where they have two shows in completely different areas. So they must have two different groups that go around. It's possible. I mean, the, the performance is, uh, is incredible no matter what. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. When your orchestra is so big, you could actually have two touring groups. And they use local strings, which is pretty cool. They always contact locals to be the, the string part of the group. But the uh, the the one guy who introduced himself, he's been touring with the group ever since the beginning. So there was a couple of OGs in the crowd. They had just performed earlier that afternoon, and they they told us the afternoon crowd wasn't as good as us, which they probably told the afternoon crowd they were amazing. So either the afternoon hey, crowd, you guys are better than the crowd that's going to be here at seven o'clock. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, I don't know if that was just fun hype for us or if they were genuinely serious. So, yes, uh, TSO, as Eric had pointed out, if you have a chance to see them, see them. 100% see them. Would you like an apple pie with that? Yes, I would, actually. So, let's conclude our shout-outs. With the final 14 that I have here, we're going to give our final shout-outs to all of the OG members of the group. And then if y'all want a shout-out, you'll have to just join the group at some point. And maybe I'll give you a shout-out on a future episode. But these are the OGs. So, Dan, let's give a shout-out to our friend Chris Wright. Dubs or Duns. He's got a couple of names. Uh, Chris is a very tall man. <laughs> he's like six nine, legit. He's a big man, but he is. But he's got a heart of gold. He became a father a couple years ago. He is a great father. He's part of our wrestling group. He's a Jersey guy, so that I haven't. So you can have a chance encounter with him, although I haven't actually had one yet. But but he's a nice guy. He's a good brother. And yeah, he's he's an all around good dude, and I I love Chris Wright. He is a fine young egg. 
Let's give a shout out to our friend Tom Dickinson, the host of Watch Me Cook on YouTube. Yeah, man. Tom, I watched one of his latest episodes the other day. Yeah. Tom was told that because of his autism, he wouldn't be able to function in the educational field, and he has proven everyone wrong by becoming a successful culinary teacher. Tom is a good guy, and he loves his knives. Tom loves his knives. Don't mess with him because he will cook you. <laughs> Don't mess with him because he'll cook you. He will cut you, and then he will cook you. And then he will cook you. Good Damn dude. it, you'll taste good. Good and dude, Tom. you to your own children. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my friend JW, my actor buddy. JW and I worked together at Universal. He worked on the entertainment side of things, but we worked closely with entertainment at the Disaster Ride, so he was one of the Lonnies that would perform. But he had formally done the operations at the same ride, so he knew it very in and out. JW and I also have the wrestling connection, and JW can now be J-E-W because this dude got back into wrestling thanks to the creation of the AEW promotion and found his passion again. He's also a he's a hardcore gamer. This dude's got he's got a James Rolfe style wall of video games, just games everywhere. Huge collection. He's got a huge game room in his house. And shout out to my boy JW for finally coming to terms with himself and coming out of the closet. He is now part of the gamer community. G A Y M E R. Also, he's decided that because he's got, like, thousands of followers on TikTok, that that's the way to go, win life. So, keep rocking it, dude. Shout out to my buddy Sam. Sam Rossi. Another universal guy. He worked on the tech side of the disaster ride, so he was actually doing the camera operations and everything. And Sam is the best movie buff I know. This guy knows his movies. Because he's got the background for it. And goddamn son, he he must own I don't remember how many DVDs he owns. It's a lot. A lot a lot. <laughs> a lot a lot a lot a lot of DVDs. And Sam, anytime you want to come on and have a movie discussion with us, you are welcome to do so. But he also He'll also come up with random stuff that he's into that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, one day we were hanging out, and he goes, oh, I've I've got a CD we can listen to. And he had bought the, uh, the Phineas and Ferb CD from the movie. So we were rocking out to Perry the Platypus song. Sam's a good guy. Funny dude, too. How about a shout-out, Eric, to our friend Kyle. From Interventions. Kyle, Kyle. Name sounds familiar. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle is... He was actually a presenter when I first started, and then he left. But Kyle's actually from New Jersey, so we had a little bit of a connection there right away. Kyle also reconnected with us recently and joined the Among Us crew. Mm-hmm. 
which of course, which of course we, that immediately got turned into a joke. (laughs) God damn it, Kyle. God damn it, Kyle. (laughs) Kyle's a good guy. Kyle's a super good guy and he is close with Katie too. So why did he leave again? Can't remember. I don't know. Ask him. Kyle, why'd you leave? <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where'd you come from, Kyle tonight, Joe? Damn it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. Ah, good dude, Kyle. Good dude. I've got two Kilimanjaro Safari shoutouts here to the Megans. Uh, M E G A N and M E G H A N. Both of them worked with me at Kilimanjaro Safari. Uh, Megan M and I have actually become quite close friends. We share an Animal Crossing bond. And this girl needs to be on this podcast at least once because she knows her video game, she knows her horror, and she knows her UFC. Name me three other girls that you know in your life that are that versed, well-versed in those three things. And, I'm not even versing this. <laughs> and there you have it. So, yes, uh, shout outs to the Megans from Kilimanjaro Safari. Dan, let's give a shout out to our boy JK the Third. Oh, yeah. Good old Joseph. So, fun story about Joseph. He's part of our wrestling community. Him and Kyle. Grew up together and knew each other. What? Really? Yeah. And before Kyle moved back to Florida, I had talked to the two of them about possibly meeting up. We were going to meet up at the casino and hang out. And I, I thought it's that was... a small world after all. <laughs> sure as hell is. Joe's a cool guy. And Kyle's a cool guy. So I would have gotten along with both of them, I think. How about a shout-out to our boy Daniel Tuma, a.k.a. McThing. He's played Among Us with us a couple of times, but he also comes from the Club Kayfabe community. Old-school wrestling fan, good dude, good father, all-around good guy. Let's give a shout He named his firstborn daughter Delia. Yes, he did. He wants her to give birth to Ash Ketchum. (laughs) <laughs> he's an anime boy too he knows his anime uh, shout out to Don you know our buddy Don good old Don of the Mobius Strip uh, Don Mario yes yeah, so who he's sometimes called Don Mario which he embraced that by the way is Joe Don is another one of my local meme traders and uh, Don, Joey Image, and I have gotten into a meme trading Traitors or traitors? Traitors. Not a traitor. Dom's a good guy, good family man, smart guy, makes a lot of jokes about losing his hair. But. Go. <laughs> uh, I understand, because I'm, like, feeling up my hair right now. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> hey, don't don't you worry about what I do. We're not on webcam. Yet. You going gold dust on yourself, bro? God damn it. Uh, let's give a shout out to our friend Matt Hardman. He's another one of our fellow podcasters. 
He just had a birthday. He sure did. Just celebrated his birthday. He's the host of the Race he, Nerd podcast on this turned, channel. He turned King Richard Petty years old. Yep, he's 43. King Richard Petty. <clears throat> he's the host of the Race Nerd podcast. Hear all about his racing enthusiasm. He's a personal friend. He and I worked together at the summer camp job way back in the day. And while I originally became closer with his brother, CJ, because we were closer in age, uh, Matt and I have bonded more recent years as he's become much more integral with part of the community. And not only does he support us with a podcast, but he supports us by being a patron as well. Check out the Race Nerd podcast and uh, participate in the Pop Quiznos. Can you answer the trivia questions? If you do, a quiz nose gets to stay open. <laughs> there aren't that many left. <laughs> All right, final three shout-outs. Uh, big shout-out to my boy, Jan Batista. Big Jan Batista. Jan is the king of hashtags on the internet. Every status he posts, he hashtags it. So you can always find a Jan Batista status, but... Also goes to a convention almost every weekend. <laughs> he is the king of conventions. He has... I want to see the list of famous people he's met. Because it's huge. It is huge. Yeah. But Jan is a good person to contact. If I want to... He doesn't care about, like, the distance of traveling. I'll contact him and be like, Hey, dude, uh, next weekend I'm thinking about doing this locally here in Pennsylvania. You want to come? And he'll be there. Because he can. Because he doesn't mind making the trip to, to hang out and do stuff that he thinks is fun. He's yeah, a, he drove all the way for the Joe's last show. Well, he, yeah, but that wasn't as far as he would have had to drive to get to me. To be to be perfectly honest, that was mu much easier proximity for people to get to in northern PA than it would be for him to get to me, so... But yeah, but no, he'll come to... He's come to the wrestling shows in PA just to see me do my ring announcer gig and, and hang out. Really good dude. I like hanging out with him. Alright, that leaves two more shout-outs. So shout-out to my good friend Mark Adams. Mark is the co-host of the United We Fan podcast. You can listen to him and Brian every single week, fan out. They started here on CKCC Radio and then became too big... For the brand, they had to branch out onto their own, but they are very successful. And Mark and I worked at the Disaster Ride as well. Then we both opened Harry Potter Land together. And we both did the whole Trader to Universal thing and went back to Disney. <laughs> Mark was part of the Avatar Land. So he's he's done quite a, quite a bit of stuff, actually. He got to work at the Muppet Show, which makes me insanely jealous, by the way. That that makes me jealous. Muppets 3D. Oh wait, I think the show with special guest Mark Adams. Like when did he work there? Because I used to work there. Didn't we? Didn't you literally ask him that when he was on our show a couple weeks back? So. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Dude, you're There's getting you're issues when recreational marijuana is a you know a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've got. I get it. You've got Joey image memory now. I get it. <laughs> so. And so, yeah, but Mark's a great guy. Please listen to his show, and we'd love to have him back on here. The final shout-out 
And I'm doing this specifically on purpose, Jeff. I saved you for last because he he made a joke a couple weeks back about how he would be with the last shout out. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, well, now you are. Shout out to our friend Jeff Trelowitz, who, of course, worked with Eric and I at Disney. And then, of course, Dan got to know Jeff through the wrestling community. And now all of our communities have come together again. Jeff hosts three podcasts on this channel now. The Real Paranormal Talk Show, where Jeff talks about paranormal stories throughout the country and the world. And even shares some of his real-life paranormal experiences. He also does ranking tracks where he takes an album and ranks every song on it from worst to best. His latest release was Enema of the State from Blink-182. Classic album. Jeff also now does Reviews by Jeff, where he posts non-spoiler movie reviews for you guys to enjoy. And he's a published author, working on his newest book right now. If you search for Jeff Trelowitz on the Amazon machine, you will find his other work. Indeed. And that's it. Those are all of our founding group members. And now, the, the true final shout-out goes to Jason, who recently joined the group. He was the only person who wasn't a founding member when I came up with this who joined the group. Jason hosts another sports talk podcast that we've done a commercial for on this channel. And in return, he did a commercial for CKCC Radio on his show. So check him out. Thank you, Jason, for being a member of the group. Thank you, Jason. All right. So who watched the premiere of Hawkeye? Uh, is it spoiler time now? So, all right, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to discuss Hawkeye, and then we're going to discuss Game of Thrones Season 4 that Dan watched. So, I would like to officially make this preface now. That at this point of the show, if you are not interested in being spoiled on Hawkeye or Game of Thrones Season 4, you will want to turn the podcast off. We're going to do Hawkeye first. And then we're going to end with Game of Thrones. Before we do, is there anything else you guys want to talk about that happened this week? Before we, I just we... want to say real quick that um, I'm going to do a project this December for the little Advent lead up to Christmas. I'll watch a different Christmas movie or special every day. So pay attention to my Facebooks and my Twitters, and then I will do rundowns on the show every weekend. That's actually pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. I am definitely looking forward to that. All right. All right, then. So let's talk about Hawkeye. Dan, with our Marvel tradition, please take it away. Did you want to cry at the opening part of the show? I didn't. (laughs) I didn't, but I'm a heartless bastard, so. (laughs) Well, Hawkeye's always been a favorite of mine to begin with, so... It begins with the day of the Battle of New York. (laughs) But it's from a young Kate's perspective. And shit goes down. Her parents are fighting because their father's losing money and they, they should move out of the penthouse apartment, which is, you know, 
so fancy that it's pretty much a mansion that's just on top of a skyscraper. You sounds know those right. ones. It sounds about right. On top of a high rise. Rich white people in New York. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. so they're they're going with the whole uh, Green Arrow aspect for Kate. <laughs> it's just the same. Uh, yeah. So. And so the battle happens, and she gets saved by Hawkeye, and then she literally gets the view of when Hawkeye jumps off the building and shoots the grapple arrow and then crashes in the window. She used to see that happen, and she's like, that's awesome. <laughs> and then her mom shows up, and they leave and get saved. Flashback! That was back then. Now it's now. She's in college. And she's part of the archery team. And two of the other people are like, but you can't make the bell and the clock tower go off. And she's like, bitch, please. And she destroys the clock tower. <laughs> that was By hysterical. Accident. It was an accident. <laughs> so, like, so do you think the bell moves and hits the hangy thingy? Or did the hangy thingy move and hit the bell? Yeah, that was fact made me giggle. <laughs> Because that's the type of dumb shit that we would talk about. <laughs> Turns out it's the hangy thingy that hits the bell. It's definitely so the hangy thingy. So she gets expelled from her college. Your mom goes to college. So she goes back home to her mom. And a whole bunch of shit. Her mom has a boyfriend. And oh, they're engaged. But come to the charity fundraiser, wear this red dress, so she wears a tux. And they think she's the waitress? <laughs> yeah, because she's wearing what the wait what the wait staff is wearing. The hired wait staff for the event is wearing. She meets she meets Armand, who is kinda nice, but also a little bit of a dick, because that's the way you are, even if you're a nice old rich person. You're a bit of a dick. Well, I mean, that's just how it is whenever you're out of touch with reality. Indeed. Uh, meanwhile, Clint and the kids are in NYC seeing uh, Rogers the Musical. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. And Clint has turned his his hearing aid off. <laughs> <laughs> He's so over it. He's like, I don't need to see this. I was there. You know who was there? Literally, they're like doing the Battle of New York and this, this musical on Broadway, and it's you know him and the kids are just watching. Everyone else is watching, like freaking out how cool it is. And then you get to the part where like they're they're doing the the Black Widow stuff, and he starts like zoning out. I mean, I would tell and, and like, oh, Hawkeye, yeah, you're a million in one shot. <laughs> and then there's a part where he's just like, like one of his daughters, his oldest daughter's like, it's okay, Dad, and stuff. And he's like, dude, he wasn't even there. And they're like, what, that guy over there? It's like, no, Ant-Man. This Ant-Man's in this freaking thing. <laughs> I liked uh, when he goes to take a piss and the guy's like, hey, can I... Can, Big fan. Can I get a selfie? Can I get a selfie? He's like, that's a little awkward right now. So this he, goes, he also goes to the pisser right next to him. I know. Of course he does. 
I mean, I took a piss next to Howard Stern at Yankee Stadium one time. So I he goes to watch the hands and the guy's I did not there. look. Everybody always fucking asks that, too. Like, did you look? No! Uh, Howard Stern's penis. I did not I did not see Howard Stern's famous schlong. Sorry to disappoint everybody. So, of course, the guy follows him to the sink, and he's like, what about now? <laughs> so it goes a, out oh, for Such error. a dick move! Such a dick goes, move. Goes out for air. The rest of the kids eventually come out. <clears throat> him and his daughter have a real heartfelt moment, and he's like, I know everyone lo- loved Natasha, but you were her best friend. We understand. Man. Real heartfelt moment. And then the rest of the kids come out. Of course they do. I mean, he took that shit hard. Well, he's the reason, because he didn't die before her, <laughs> she's dead. And there's no way she can come back. So. She's the deadest of the dead Avengers. Yeah, even, Which, even Vision got to come back. I mean, if you. Um, and Gamora got to come back. Are you guys caught up with um, What If? No. Yeah, I've seen all of it. You've seen all of it? Yeah, I have. Okay. Chris? I don't care. I feel like had Scarlett Johansson just been patient, she would have come back. It may not have been our Black Widow, but a Black Widow would have come back. We have have Florence (laughs) now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, we're going to see it at some point during the show, but I don't know when. Uh, they also do other things, like they go see the big tree at Rockefeller, and they have a really nice dinner, and the guy refuses to charge him, because you saved our city. Uh, anything else that they do? Because they go back to the back to their uh, where like the apartment they're renting or whatever, and they see the news. Because meanwhile, back at the fancy rich folks thing, Katie follows the creepy old man and her now maybe stepfather to some underground in the wine cellar auction, and they have items from the Ronin. We have his sword and his outfit. And then some gang attacks, and she puts on the outfit and fights him off. That was cool. Also, it was funny when she infiltrates the party, as she could because she's already dressed up like the waiters. So she just grabs the thing, and the guy's like, "I thought I was supposed to be the only one who left." He's like, "Well, you got to talk to Gary." And then Gary shows up. I'm Gary. That's the problem, Gary. You don't even know my name. (laughs) I quit. And then she runs into a dog with missing an eye. Aw, puppy. We, you don't know it now, but his name is Lucky, or is going to be Lucky, because that is Hawkeye's dog in the comics and everything. And she saves the dog and runs away. So back to where Clint sees on the news that the Ronin is back. 
And he's like, oh, shit. I got to kick some ass right now. I'll be back by <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we <laughs> just the uh, was it the Jim Suit Mafia or whatever the Oh, tracksuit mafia. The tracksuit mafia. That's their name. <laughs> a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> the tracksuit mafia tracks Kate down, and she's having. She is an accomplished martial artist and archer, but she's not Hawkeye level yet, and so she's having a hard time. And then all of a sudden, freaking the real Hawkeye shows up with some ass. Daddy does. And then they get back to her apartment. You could tell he wanted to knock her the fuck out, though. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> and they realized, oh, wait, like, you're talking about, like, all the things, like, you did this, everything right, like, you did this, you did that, you did that, and she's like, oh, well, I did bring the dog back here in the outfit, and my name's on the buzzer, and that's when they show up again and are going to fight him again. And the coolest shit ever, they throw a Molotov at him and he catches it and throws it back at him. Oh, so awesome. And they got to run away. Is that, that the end of that episode? Yes. Their apartment burns down and they run away to her aunt's house, her aunt's apartment. Because she's out of town. Because she's in Florida for the winter. My favorite is Hawkeye catches the Molotov cocktail and whips it back at them. <laughs> yeah. Also. Oh, yeah, he goes back and dresses like a firefighter to find the suit. And he can't find the suit. But he notices that on one of the trucks it says the New York City Cosplayer Club. Oh, the LARPers. The LARPers. LARPers. That was pretty funny. So next episode, <laughs> he realizes, <laughs> crap, I'm not going to be able to see the to, to, to get on the plane with the kids. So I got to be blah, 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 blah. I can't do it. I'll be with you tomorrow or whatever. Takes Kate to her job. So everything seems all right, which is... Hilarious because they go through and everyone's like, it's a superhero, it's a superhero. And it's just the people dressed up as Avengers in Times Square. And then she's like, well, that one's you. He's like, that's Katniss Everdeen. (laughs) (laughs) So So she's going to act like everything's fine at work, but oh no, the creepy (coughs) maybe stepfather's there. Do you think the mother's in on it? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. She went back to see the old man and he got killed. Proud about that. There's also the monogrammed butterscotch. Oh, yeah. Would you like a butterscotch? And it's the monogrammed butterscotch. So she's just trying to be like, this guy's super sus. Like, something's up with him. I don't still don't know exactly what, but I want to expose him to my mother, and so she can drop him or whatever. And they're just having dinner or whatever, and she's just like, "You want to fight?" 
want to fight? And he's like, well, yes, I have done the the fencing. And so they fence, and she just whoops his ass, and she's like, you're freaking bullshit. So she, like, tries to stab him in the face, and he does, like, an expert parry maneuver. Because he's hiding something. You don't collect that many swords without knowing how to sword fight. Have you guys known any sword enthusiasts? Oddly enough, I do. Somebody that just has a bunch of swords? They go around and they collect... uh... He's got one from everywhere except Japan, so he does not have a katana or or kadachi or whatever they're called. Or or even a wakasashi? Yeah, the, the three set, he doesn't have that. The Wakasashi is like the dagger version. Yeah, they're too expensive, apparently. Like, it's like one thing if you're like a Zelda fan and you have a replica of the Master Sword or you're a Lord of the Rings fan, so you have a, you know, one of them, but geez. Yeah, he just likes historical swords. Apparently his collection is like close to 20 grand. Yeah, my uh, last girlfriend's uncle had a bunch of swords in his apartment. I was like, you know this makes you look like a serial killer, right? Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> yeah, it was like we dated for like a month and a half, and then it was Thanksgiving, and since I was in Minnesota, I wasn't going to go home for a long weekend. So I got to go to my girlfriend's family. <laughs> I've been my girlfriend for like seven weeks. So that was a fun experience. Anyway, so uh, he's trying to track down while she's having issues with her mother and uh, um, she gets a phone call from the cops being like, hey, there's a fire at your place. Let's meet. Yeah, no big deal. And there's no way she's going to make that meeting tomorrow. Meanwhile, Clint is res- trying to research the cosplay community to find the guy that took his day. And he has, he's right up top on the Facebook page. And he's like, y'all made fun of my outfits, that my outfits was trash? Well, look at me now, sucker! And he's like, oh, this poor guy's going to get killed for real. So it's now it's time for Clint goes to... The LARPers. Oh my god. That was probably one of the best fucking scenes that I've seen in a long time. See, so he has to sign up and do all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's like going through, kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, he does like that thing where he like ducks under people or whatever and he gets surrounded and he just does a spin move and he gets all of them. But he gets to the guy and he realizes that it's Hawkeye. He's like, come on, man. If you let me win, I'll give it back. So, but you got to make it look good. <laughs> this is at, at, at this point, I'm just like, I feel like this entire series is just Hawkeye doing like Christmas things for people, just granting wishes for fucking people. <laughs> so it comes down to where they're the last two at the event. 
And he's got to make it look good. And he beats him, and he... <laughs> he gets it, and he gets the outfit, and he's trying to leave immediately. But, like, the niceties continue, and he's like, well, I mean, he's a good guy. So he continues with the niceties as he's running away. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Ay, ay, ay. Um... Kate doesn't really do anything else besides just regular stuff, right? For the rest of the day. Well, I feel like uh no, he she ends up like trying to call Clint at some point. Yeah. Like found a clue. What clues. Was the clue? The clues was that that piece of candy. Oh yeah, the piece of the candy. Same piece of candy Ooh, that piece of candy. Yeah. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, I caught James Woods. Right, um, yeah, so, but meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the hotel, uh, he calls up <laughs> that, the Switzer the Mafia, and he's just like, come pick me up. <laughs> he just stands there and waits for them to come get him. Because he just wants to meet their leader and talk things out, right? And, of course, they have to, like, hit him in the gut and stuff and tie him up. And then she's trying to call him and goes to the thing. Second time it gets picked up by one of the guys. And she's like, oh shit, he's in trouble. So she like goes into the security company's thing to track his phone. And they're like, where's Kate Bishop? He's like, never met her. And then like she falls through the ceiling. (laughs) That was hysterical. Fucking hilarious. (laughs) You you rang? <laughs> so they tie them both up, and then they told their boss that, that they have them both. So. I'm sure I missed a bunch of cool stuff, but that was the gist of it. And the kids got sent off back home, so they're home, safe, with Linda Cardellini, who's hashtag gold. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. He's like, I just want to talk to your boss. And he undoes, he's like, undoes his uh, ropes and shit. <laughs> he's like, come on. No, we. Are, I'm asking you the questions. I am in charge here. He's like, well, and he just pulls his hands forward. <laughs> I got a, I got a work thing. And she's like, well, I'm your boss. I can probably get you out of it. <laughs> it had some funny moments. I, I thought it's off to a good start. And I, I like the Christmas aesthetic a lot, so... I, I'm not I th- 100% sure who Kate's supposed to be, though. Supposed to be Kate. Supposed to be Kate. Uh, I think she's supposed to turn into somebody, right? She's going to be the new Hawkeye. She's taking over Hawkeye. Yeah. So at some point, he's going to officially hand it off, like we got official, kind of like an official Black Widow handoff. And at some point, Florence Pug is going to show up and be like, you killed my sister. And he's like, no, it didn't. And then he's going to cry. And then we're going to cry. And then she's going to cry. Oh, that's going to be rough. And then we're going to cry more. But it won't be until after a bomb-ass fight. Correct. 
All right. So we're running close to the two-hour mark, so I'm not going to do a full Game of Thrones Season 4 review, especially because I know Dan's not going to get all of Season 5 watched by next week because he's got Christmas stuff to do and everything. So let's do half the season this week, and we'll do the other half next week. Oh, come on. We need to talk about the death. Dude, like, why don't we do the second half this week? (laughs) All right, how about this? How about this? How about I'll try to move quicker than I usually do? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay. So we're starting off with the first episode of season four called Two Swords, which is basically uh, Tywin is creating the brand new sword. He took he took the great sword. He gave one to Jamie, and then he's like, "I want you to marry and rule Casterly Rock." And he's like, "Nope. Well, you're no longer my son." Yeah, then, that one, that meeting was really weird because there's a lot of him putting his son over and then all of a sudden he just turns on him. He just turns on him, yeah. And then Kyburn's like, hey, I made you a new hand. Yeah, and there's been nothing about that <laughs> pretty much this entire time. He so, has a gold-plated hand. That's it. <laughs> uh, Tyrion is waiting for Prince Doran of House Martell to arrive, but instead here comes Oberyn. Pedro Pascal. But no, he's not there. He showed up earlier that day because he wants to be not officially welcomed. Yep. And Ilya, or Ilya, I always forget how you say her name. She, the sister, had married Rhaegar Targaryen, was killed by the mountain, and wants vengeance for the deaths of her and her children. Of course, Shay is trying to get back with Tyrion, but Cersei finds out about this. And then, of course, Jamie's like, I want to get back with you, my sister. And she's like, nope, you took too long. I'm, I'm out. I'm now fucking one of my <laughs> Brienne wants Jamie to fulfill his vow, return the Stark girls to, sa- to safety. But he's like, no, because of Catelyn's death. Sansa's married to Tyrion. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah, and the other one's missing still. Like, what can I do? And then Brienne tells Marjorie what happened to Renly and says, I'm swearing vengeance against Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, she shows up in the meeting of her, of her and her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then so some- she tells the story about how she, she got married because they were going to marry a sister. And her sister, she, like, hurt her sister or something. And then she, like, went into his room that night, fucked him so good that she went with him instead. He knows her instead. (laughs) Holy shit. And Sansa is approached by a man whose life she had saved and gives her mother's necklace to her. Of course, uh, Tormund and Egret meet a bunch of cannibals. So oh, there. Yep, yep. Forgot about that. Yeah, the cannibals. Shit Freaking cannibals. Uh, John is being interrogated by the Night's Watch because of the killing of Cor and Halfhand and all the wildlings. And here comes Alistair Throne. And they're just like, John needs to be executed. But Aemon Targaryen comes to his aid and free he frees him. And he says the wildlings are going to attack. 
which will be a plot point later on. Danny's dragons are continuing to grow. They're becoming more difficult. And they are marching to Marine, where Jorah says that every mile they go, there is a crucified slave child. Which is, which is just dark. And How many ha- miles are there between here and there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 163. I'm like, holy fuck. Yep. And then the Hound has Arya. Oh, the Hound and Arya, by the way. Can we talk about what a great team up that is? Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly. He's like, I'm taking you to the Vale and I'm going to ransom you. And that's when they find all of Gregor's men, including Polliver. The Hound actually kills most of them, but it's Arya who gets Polliver. She gets her sword needle back and then friggin' stabs him right through the throat. Just two guys. Ugh, the last two guys. And it's awesome. Yeah, that's how- but, but she waits until he recognizes her and realizes yep. who she was. And then she does it. That takes us to episode two, The Lion and the Rose. So we got old Ramsey Bolton here, and he's got a new servant named Reek. He this is the this is the season where you see the complete downfall of Theon Greyjoy, where he becomes a manservant, and he's so psychologically tortured that he's practically a shell of himself. It's he literally is in the dog kennel with the dogs. Yes. And then here comes Roos Bolton. He's got his wife there at there, and he's like, you know, we were gonna trade Theon to the Ironborn for the moat, but you tortured him, now we can't do that. And Ramsey's yeah. And then Ramsey's like, Well let me show you what I can do with him. And he gives him he, to give the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells about what happened to Bran and Rickon. And Roos is like, he goes to Locke and he's like, I want you to eliminate the Stark boys because I should be Warden of the North. And Ramsey's like, well, why don't we kill John? So he goes, all right, how about this? You go to Castle Black and Ramsey, you're going to take the moat. And if you do, you may no longer be a Snow. Because Snow is the bastard name that you give your bastard children. And Ramsey's a Snow right now. So he might get legitimized. Meanwhile, Bran's having these really weird visions. He's got the ruined red keep. It's snowbound. It's the same one that Danny had when she was in the House of the Undying. There's a dragon above King's Landing. And their voice keeps telling him he has to go north. He's like, that's it. I know where we got to go. Let's go. And there's some tree that despite the fact that it's in the middle of the winter, it's lit up. Full, full foliage. Hell yeah. Uh, Melisandre is burning people at the stake as a tribute to the Lord of Light. Yeah. <laughs> so that's happening. And then we get back to the wonders of King's Landing. Tyrion's there and he's like, hey, Jamie, why don't you learn to train with your left hand? Uh, Bronn can help you out with that. And that's when very sh- that go there and you're like, is this place secure? And he's like, well, this is the place where I fucked this woman and she was so loud, but no one heard her. So. <laughs> exactly. They're not going to hear us. 
<laughs> also, uh, Varys is like, just so you know, Cersei knows about Shay. And Ty- Tyrion's like, all right, Bronn, here's what you're going to do. Get Shay to the boat and sail. And she's like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, that's because you're a whore. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing is they both really love each other, but like they're having to be awful to each other to get what is, needs to happen. Exactly. Which is kind of sad, actually, but it is what it is. So Joffrey and, and Marjorie are married at the Sept of Baylor. They go to the Red Keep for the wedding feast. And Jamie's there and he's like, hey, Loras, you know, if you wed Cersei, she'll kill you in your sleep. And he's like, yeah, well, you fuck her. <laughs> That's pretty much how that one goes down. And, of course, Cersei is accusing Brienne of being in love with Jamie. But I think she might have a point, and she even kind of concedes it. Yeah. And, she doesn't say anything. And Oberyn and his paramour are enjoying these insults that they're giving to Cersei and Tywin. They put on this really fun play about the War of the Five Kings. Oh, yeah, all the thing. And then he's like, I have something for you. And he gets the dwarves come out. Yep. Do the war. And he's like, Tyrion, get in there. And Tyrion doesn't want to. So jo- Joffrey belittles him, becoming the cupbearer. Marjorie immediately Man, diffuses the tension. Like, yeah, because like... Tyrion and and Sansa were starting to like really get along, and you were gonna like get aligned. And if things could have happened, they could have been a really powerful power couple there, and taking people down a few pegs and stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't get to happen. Nope, because we got some whiffs of it a couple of times, but because they pretty much hate the same people for the same reason. Exactly. Nothing brings people together like hate. Mutual hate. Also, not for nothing, but Joffrey had a choice between Sophie Turner and Natalie Dormer. And you tell me if you weren't ever lucky enough to have that choice. So, bullshit. But, what happens when Joffrey drinks his goblet, Dan? Oh, he drinks, like, like a a third other (laughs) goblet? Yeah. He, uh... Yes, it's to to uh, wet down his uh, his pie, of which he like killed five of the pigeons or whatever, the doves or whatever. <laughs> Fun stuff. Because um, he used his brand new freaking blade. He starts like choking and coughing, and then he uh, falls down and uh, kind of brutally looking, just fucking dies. Dude, he's got, like, the poison leaking out of his mouth and nose. He he literally turns purple. And Tyrion's just looking there, looking at the cup like, the fuck? Yeah, Tyrion's investigating the cup, and Joffrey points at him, and that's when Cersei immediately accuses him of murdering the king. Also, that one guy is trying to get Sansa to flee with her, with him. Because he knows what's going to happen. He's in on what's going to happen. He's like, we need to get you out of here now. Because as soon as this happens, all hell's going to break loose. And, uh, spoiler, all hell breaks loose. So does he last about a year as king? Year and a half? I mean, 
He lasted a lot longer than most. Longer than he should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, technically he should have never been king, but, uh. What a satisfying death, though. That that death kind of ruled. Yeah. There's a few more deaths that rule in this episode. Oh, yeah. I mean. So episode three is Breaker of Chains. So Sansa gets to the ship and Littlefinger's there and then he kills the guy who saved her. He goes, nope, that was a fake necklace. This is all part of the plan. Littlefinger's always two steps ahead, which is why he's so friggin' shifty. So, of course, uh, while we've got Joffrey's body lying there, Tywin is talking to Tommen, who's just, you know, just watched his brother die. And he's like, do you know what it takes to be a king? And then, holy crap... Jamie and Cersei fuck next to the corpse of their dead son. <laughs> like, yeah, at one point it was on the corpse. <laughs> oh, fucking nasty shit. I mean, we gotta make another one. Hopefully, this one doesn't turn out shitty. Well, I mean, the new one doesn't seem so shitty, but he's gonna be influenced. Uh, Tywin is like, I think Oberyn had a hand in this. And Oberyn's like, yeah, well, the mountain murdered my sister. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you what. Raped her, murdered her, and then murdered her children. Yeah. He's like, I'll tell you what. How about you meet with the mountain, and then you get to serve as one of the judges for Tyrion's trial. And all Because pot- he's it in the ways of Poison. And Podrick's there, and he's visiting Tyrion, and he, he brings in Jamie. And he's just like, I had to turn down an offer of knighthood to testify against you. And Tyrion's like, that's very honorable of you, but if I were you, I'd get the hell out of King's Landing. So they come up a way for him to do that. <laughs> uh, back at the north, Sam decides to shelter Gilly over in Molestown because he doesn't trust her in Castle Black with a hundred men. This will turn out to be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the wildlings raid a village, and the friggin' cannibal guy finds this little kid named Ollie, and he tells them to go to the Night's Watch and tell them what they've witnessed. It's like, yeah, do you know where Castle Black is? Because it, it's the kid from, like, the whole thing where, like, his dad tells him to run and hide, and the dad, like, instantly dies. The kid hides, so you think maybe the kid's gonna survive, and then he gets grabbed, and you're like, oh, this kid's fucked. And then he's like, do you know where Castle Black is? Yeah. Run and tell them. (laughs) Okay, good. The kid didn't die immediately. So Ed and Gren get back to Castle Black, and they're like, hey, so we're at Craster's Keep, and Carl's group is all there. And he's like, well, there was a lie to Mance Raider about having a thousand men at the fort, so we're going to have to kill Carl's group before Raider finds out that we lied. Uh, Davos learns of Joffrey's death, and then Stannis is like, you know, you want to use mercenaries, that's just awful. And Davos is like, hey, Shireen, you know how to write. Can you, uh, send a message to the Iron Bank on behalf of Stannis? So they forge a freaking thing. They forge a whole thing. Uh, Hound and Arya are going to the Vale. And then a farmer's like, well, you guys can spend the night with us. And when Arya wakes up, she finds out Hound robbed him. But doesn't matter because when winter comes, they're going to die anyway. Exactly. That's exactly what he says. 
And Danny's army arrives at Marine. And Dario, the recast Dario, by the way, did you notice that? Yeah. It's jarring difference. Yes, but he's a, it's a much better choice, as you'll, you'll come to appreciate. He's like, I'm going to fight your champion. <laughs> so they send out this guy, and Dario just kills him. Yeah, when the guy comes out, and he... He's got, like, the theatrics and everything. I'm going to whip my Johnson out! <laughs> yeah, he's doing all the penis moves. <laughs> and then Dario and just like, kills him. He's like, oh, that's like, <laughs> obviously, the, the discredit to you. And so, they're like, don't you need a horse? And he's like, no, horses are dumber than men. And he literally just, like, throws a knife in the horse's face. <laughs> and as the guy gets up, he beheads him. And then he whops, whips his Johnson out and pisses on the ground. Dude, but I love the symbolism where she's like, I'm going to free your slaves. And she launches all those broken collars. She's trying to be like the most righteous ruler she can possibly be. That's yeah, well, a, as we learned during the rest of the season, that doesn't really work. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big one. Uh, so we go to episode four, which is called Oathkeeper. So, <clears throat> uh, Missandei is trying to teach Grey Worm how to speak the common tongue, and Grey Worm and the other Unsullies they infiltrate the city. They arm the slaves and they bring out the uprising so Danny can take control of the city. Gotta teach him to do more stuff with his tongue and just speak that way. And Barristan Selmy is like, if I were you, I'd show some mercy. And she's like, nope. Bring me 163 masters that I can crucify for the 163 slave children that you killed. It's like, well, and they bring him all of them, and there's enough to put one every ten feet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So <laughs> you can see, you can really see what she's doing here. Uh, Jamie goes to visit Tyrion, and he tells him Cersei is out there searching for Sansa. Olena is going to go back to High Garden, and she's like, "Hey, Marjorie, um, I'm." She has that like implication that she might have something to do with Joffrey's death. And that's to prevent Marjorie from cruelty. And she's like, I would suggest that you ingratiate yourself with Tommen. That way uh, we won't raise suspicion. And that's exactly what she does. She goes to Tommen and she's like, hey, you want to get married? And then my <clears throat> and my favorite is Jamie sends Brienne to find Sansa and protect her. Gives him the armor. Gives him a sword. She, which she calls the Oath Keeper, and she gets Podrick as her squire. Pod she quickly learns that he was the squire to a guy that didn't need a squire. Yeah. So he knows none of the squirely duties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Podrick is such a great underrated character, though. He's so good. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we've got old Littlefinger there, and he's like, I'm going to marry your Aunt Lysa. Joffrey's death is going to make these new allies grow strong. We're going to get with House Tyrell. Oh, and by the way, that missing stone in that necklace? Yeah, that had the poison in it. So it's like, well, fuck, Littlefinger was behind that. So this is not a spoiler for later on because they hint at it really strongly here, but it is the truth. Olena and Littlefinger were the ones that killed Joffrey. And they did a pretty damn good job of it, too, because he, 
did an amazing job because, because he's dead. <laughs> well, yeah, but neither one are suspect either. All the sus got put on Tyrion. They got, they got, they literally poisoned him and vented, and there's no proof that they did it. Of course, he's telling Sansa this, but you think she's going to tell anybody that he killed Joffrey? She's probably grateful for that. So at the wall, they're just like, yeah, let's send John to kill the group at Craster's Keep. That way he'll get killed and he won't become the Lord Commander. And he gets the volunteers, including Locke. And that's when Carl goes to rest and he's like, give Craster's last son to the White Walkers. And Bran's group hears this baby crying. And they get captured for it. And that's when we get to see what happens to those sons that they leave out in the snow. The White Walker takes him, brings him to a fortress, and he transforms him into one of them. So that's how you get more White Walkers and not just the zombies. Exactly. There's a whole ritual so for that one. So Craster has been literally aiding the enemy of the rest of the world. Yep, because he doesn't want any sons. Unbeknownst to him, he's been aiding the whole thing. Because he doesn't want any competition for his daughters. Exactly. Uh, That brings us to first of his name. Uh, We're after the two-hour mark, so I'll see how we're doing after this if we want to keep going. So Tommen is crowned the king, first of his name. And Cersei's like, you're going to marry Marjorie. And Tywin's like, "Uh, the gold mines in the Westerlands ran dry years ago. They are deeply indebted to the Iron Bank. But with Lannister and Tyrell's houses united, that's going to rectify the problem. Mm. And that's when Cersei asks Oberyn, can you send a ship back to the Sunspear as a gift for my daughter, Marcella? Littlefinger and Sansa are at the Vale, and oh, there's the bloody gate. And he's like, uh, Sansa is the niece, Elaine. And then Lysa's like, yeah, uh, I poisoned my husband at Littlefinger's insistence before we were married. And she also believes that Littlefinger did something with Sansa. But that's okay, because when Tyrion dies, you'll be free, and then you get to marry Robin, who likes to suck his mommy's teats. Even though he's clearly at least 10. <laughs> yeah, he's a little too old to be doing it. Well, he was already too old to be doing it, but now it's just it's just bad. And it's like, you can see he's malnourished and not... Yeah. All kinds of not developed. He's fucked up. And then, not to mention, the, the mental over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because of that. But the seed is strong, he said, as he died. <laughs> uh, Dario reveals that the 93 ships from Marine are now captured and belong to them. Also, the Jorah learns that Joffrey has perished and that uh, slavery has gone back to Astapor and the Yunkai. Yep. And she's All the like, old masters are going to get killed. Yes. And that's what... So they just took them all back. Well, this is also an important decision. Instead of riding uh, or sailing west to get to Westeros, she's like, no, I have to rule these new people myself. I'm going to become the new queen. 
It's the only way and to do this. So a mistake because she has dragons. Exactly. Yep, we we of course uh <clears throat> we learn uh that Syria was killed by Marin. That's somebody that's on Arya's list. I also love the part where she's reciting the list and the hound mouse off to her, so she adds him to it. Well, she, he was on the list for a long time. Yeah. She removed him and she, she removed him, him and she added him back. Uh, we get more Brienne and Podrick stuff. And then the attack happens to at Craster's Keep. Locke is going to attempt to kidnap Bran, but instead Bran enters Hodor's mind and friggin' has him murder Locke. Oh, because, like, Hodor, like, any violence, he shuts him right down. Yeah. And, but he's such a simpleton, he can use his animal thing to take over Hodor. And twice this season, Hodor becomes a total badass because of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bran almost reunites with Jon, but then Jojen's like, no, that's going to kill off our journey here. But it doesn't matter because Carl's killed and Ghost is back. And the keep is burned to the ground. Stabs him in the back of the head up the mouth. I know. Oh, it's so great. All right. <laughs> great deaths. Uh, f- fuck it. Great We're still death. going. Episode six, Laws of Gods and Men. <laughs> uh, Stanos and Davos arrive in Bravos. There's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on there with pronunciation. They meet, of course, the Iron Bank dude. And he's... Yeah. Lo- and Mark Gatiss. Yep. And he's like, I'll give you what you need. Well, first he, like, turns him down and everything, and then he then he gives him the scroll or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, in that case. Ah, well, this works. You know, the scroll with the little girl with the reptile face forged. And now Danny's starting to take requests, right? Because the dragons attacked a bunch of goats, and the owner brings the bones and she's like, all right, I'll give you compensation. And then here comes another guy. And he's like, one of my fathers was the crucified masters. I'd like to bury him. And yeah, one one's like, well, so yeah. So what they're dealing with is like, now there's like all these people that were important and good aside from owning slaves. Yeah. Are now gone. And now yep. there's like no leadership. And then there's also the old man comes in. And he's like, well, I was technically a slave, but I was an educator. And now I'm just at the poorhouse, and all the young people who are actually free and able to do what they want are just treating us like shit. Yep. I would like to just go back and educate my old master's kids more. And all that stuff. Oh, and then this part here. Yara and the Ironborn soldiers actually attack the Dreadfort, but Theon won't Go with go with her, because he thinks that Ramsey's tricking him again. And Ramsey and his men actually force a retreat on them, and that's when Yara says, "My brother is dead." And Ramsey's so impressed by Reek's loyalty that he allows him to take a bath. Oh, it's so dark. <clears throat> then he's like, "I need you to do something. I need you to pretend to be someone you're not." I need you to pretend to be Theon Greyjoy. Yep. <laughs> Whoa, man. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Uh, Varys is at the council, 
And this is when we learn that Danny has conquered Marine. Also, Tyrion's trial begins. The judges are Tywin, Mace, and Oberyn. And here come all the hostile witnesses. Marin, Grandmaster Pycelle, Cersei, of course, and Varys. And then Jamie's like, all right, I'm going to resign and go to Casterly Rock as heir if Tywin will spare Tyrion. And Tywin's like, okay. But then we're going to send Tyrion to the Night's Watch if he's found guilty and then pardoned. And then, of course, Shay is the final witness, and she testifies that Tyrion and Sansa planned the murder. She is all lies. Everyone else is just convenient truths of, well, I mean, when he was the hand, he said some awful shit to Joffrey. Yeah. And he said some awful shit to me, and that was all, like, circumstantial, but damning. But then Shay comes in, and she just has damning bullshit. Uh, But Tyrion's speech is so good where he's like, I'm never getting a fair trial, so fuck all of you. I demand trial by combat. I yeah. wish I wasn't the hero of the battle. I wish they came in. I wish Stannis Baratheon came in and killed all you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then he demands <laughs> trial by combat. That takes us to episode seven, Mockingbird. So that's when Jamie comes in. He goes, so just so you're aware, uh, the mountain is going to be the champion for, for Cersei. And I'm not fighting him because, you know, I've only got one hand now. And then he's like, well, how about Braun? And he's like, yeah, uh, Cersei has kind of offered him a highborn bride, so he's not going to do it. But then Oberyn yeah, comes and, in. Yeah, yeah, he meets him and he's like, so if her sister somehow dies before blah, 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 then I'm going to get a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, but then Oberyn tells that freaking story about how, like, when he was a child, they would just, like, they'd pinch his cock until he'd cry. Yeah, he's like the one, the last time he was there was when he was born. And he's like, you know what? If that's going to be your champion, then I'll I'll be your champion as a revenge for my sister. This would prove to be a mistake. So of I mean, course, if if it wasn't for all the glowing, yeah. Uh, John. Returns to the castle. He's like, all right, Thorne, uh, Raider's army's coming through, so we need to block the passage. And he's like, no. He's like, well, that's stupid. We're not doing that. This would prove to be a mistake. He even, like, looks to the actual, like, guy who would be in charge of that. And you see that the guy actually kind of agrees with John, but he's being intimidated to the point where he's just going to say, yeah, no. No. We're not going to do that. That's just... He knows John is better than him already. Uh, uh, he's trying to hold over him. And you fucking stupid, dude. Your whole job is to do what's right in defense of the entire rest of the world over the <laughs> yep. threat of of the North. And you're letting your uh, ego of being in charge of it and wanting to stay in charge of it get in the way. Oh, God. Uh, when Melisandre is like, the Lord of Light needs Shireen to depart Dragonstone with them. There's some foreshadowing. Brandon Podrick at the inn. Hot Pie is there. And he's like, well, we should probably go to the Vale because Lysa is Sansa and Arya's last living relative with money. It's a funny thing because they're like, they mention that they're looking for Sansa. And then as they're leaving, 
She's just like, he's just like, Patrick's like, should we tell everybody where we're going? And then he comes out and he's like, oh, I, I know Arya though. Yeah. <laughs> there was a men that were part of the Night's Watch caravan that Arya traveled with. They attacked these people. And because there's that bounty on their head, Hound has to kill one and Arya has to kill the other. And then that's when later the Hound tells Arya all about how Gregor had burned him as a child and how his father covered up the incident. It was a funny thing because she like tells him about, well, yeah, that was the guy that did this, this. And he's like, well, is he on your list? And he's like, well, I don't know his name. What's your name? Yeah. (laughs) And then she just stabs him. (laughs) Oh, this is so... Friggin' Danny was doing pretty good so far, but then Dario just shows up and they fuck. He's like, I'm good at two things, fighting and fucking. <laughs> and you're not letting me do the one I'm better at. <laughs> then the next morning she goes to Jorah and she's like, Dario is going to go to Yunkai and he's going to kill all the remaining masters. And Jorah's like, you know, if Ned Stark had done the same to him, I wouldn't be here to advise you. And instead, she's like, okay, well, then you go to Dario, tell her to take this guy with you, and advise the masters in conforming to her rule. <clears throat> uh, Sansa makes a snow castle. Robin damages it, so she slaps him. Of course, Littlefinger plants a kiss on Sansa that Lysa witnesses. So, of course, she threatens her. And then that's her. And then. Here comes Littlefinger with Lysa's hands, his, his, uh, her face in his hands, and he goes, there's only one woman I ever truly loved. Your his sister. sister. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. Before we started recording, Dan's like, yeah, he yeeted that bitch. <laughs> he yeeted her right through the moon doors, and Lysa is kicked to her death, so fucking don't trust fucking Littlefinger. All right, that brings us to The Mountain and the Viper. Three episodes left, and shit's gonna go down big time. Molestown gets attacked by the wildlings, but there's that scene where Igret spots Gilly and her son hiding, and she tells them to be quiet and spares them. <clears throat> but, and of course, Sam has a panic attack about that, but then they're like, you know, she survived Caster. She's probably okay from the north. She survived an attack from, from a White Walker. Yep. Uh, Reek becomes Theon again, enters the moat, convinces the Ironborn to surrender in return for safe passage home. The but guy Ro- turns him down. The dying guy turns him down. One of his guys hits him in the head with, with a hatchet. Yep. <laughs> they accept. They come in and kill him all. <laughs> exactly. And that's when Roos... Gives Ramsay his last name back. And he's once again a Bolton. No longer a bastard. Oh my god. Uh, Grey Worm and Misandi got something going on, even though he don't got parts no more. Everyone's, like, you know, washing up in the river. And he's in the river, and he comes upon where the lady folks are. (laughs) I mean, still fun to watch, I guess. I mean, you could still do mouth stuff. 
Yep. Oh, but then when Barristan gets the letter, it was Jorah's royal pardon from King Robert for spying on Danny. Oh, yeah, the kid gives it to the wrong guy. Yeah. And that's when he has to admit what he did. Even though he already got his royal pardon before, but I guess they sent multiples to, to find where he is, right? Probably. And she... Because she would have been in the dark. But... Nope. He gets exiled as a result of this. Jorah's exile from Daenerys. That starts an angle, too. Uh, Littlefinger is getting... He's getting interrogated because they're like, Lysa committed suicide. But Sansa steps up and they corroborate the story together. So it's like, all right, well, Robin's in charge now. And they're like, well, it'd be better for him to learn the world. <clears throat> of course, uh, Hound and Arya pretty much arrive, but they get turned away. Or they turn away because they learn that Lysa's dead, so they just assume... Her sister is just right there in that castle! I know. <laughs> uh, and then we get the trial by combat. This poison lace spear does the job, but Oberyn gets caught monologuing. <laughs> A guy who should be dead, by all rights, is not dead. Yep. And he gouges his eyes out and scratches his face. And he said, yes, I raped and killed your sister just like this. And then he passes out and dies too. Yep. But since he technically won, Tywin sentences Tyrion to be executed. Which, of course, means he double-crossed him anyway. All right. Let's discuss The Watchers on the Wall, the penultimate episode, because this... This is the only episode that takes place in one location the entire time. It is the entire Battle of Castle Black and one of, in my opinion, the best episodes in the entire series. Let's save it for the next episodes then, because I need to go walk the dock. <laughs> now that's a teaser that we got to save the two episodes. <laughs> and the last two episodes... There's your teaser. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning into the Nerd Table, as always. And we will see you guys next week. But here's the thing. I'm going away next weekend. I'm going to try to get the episode recorded on Friday. Um, I don't know about the uploading, though. I can probably upload it mobily. I'll, maybe I'll bring my laptop with me. So, And I will attempt to... Uh, I'll attempt to do the upload on the crappy hotel Wi-Fi, but we'll try to get it recorded Friday, and then I will, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send it to Eric to be edited, and hopefully we'll be able to get that done. Well, you might actually have to edit the intro and outro for me, and I'll send that to you, so you have them. Alright, as long as I can mix them together, he is giving me stuff whenever I'm trying to mix clips together, but... I'll do it. Yeah, because I don't think I have the editing software on the laptop. But unless unless you're able to do it that night, <laughs> but we'll we'll, just, we'll we're gonna play next week by ear. If if things don't work out, I might just take the week off and let you two just just go for it. So 
But we'll see what's going to happen, and we'll keep you guys updated. Thank you all for continuing to tune in and support us, and we'll see you guys next time on The Nerd Table. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at ckccradio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.